You are listening to Losing Weight with ADHD, the podcast to help you discover solutions to well-being, improved health, and sustainable weight loss with ADHD. If you're a woman with ADHD who's tired of trying every diet and weight loss program with no lasting success, I understand exactly where you are, and I want to help you to finally see the change you deserve. I'm your host, Jennifer Watts, an accountant turned nutrition and life coach with ADHD myself. Once I discovered the connections between ADHD and my lifelong struggle with weight, I was finally able to make lasting change in a way that felt great. If you want to do the same, then let's get started. Good morning. Well, maybe it's not morning where you are right now, but it's morning for me. Well, just, oh my gosh. (laughs) I just looked at the clock. It is definitely not morning. It's 1.07 p.m. (laughs) Close enough. It's a Sunday, so... (laughs) Anyhow, back on topic. Today, I want to talk about creative planning. And so I had mentioned a couple of episodes ago that I was going to do a bit of a deep dive into each of the four components of my calm method for weight loss with ADHD. And so today is the C, which is creative planning. I like to call it creative because we are naturally pretty creative people. And I also think because to me, it's so important that it's individualized and adapted to you. And it doesn't just stick to some cookie cutter protocol of planning. So that's why I call it creative. So really what we're talking about here is what are you going to do to set yourself up to be able to make progress towards your weight loss goals? And really, when we think about it physiologically, we are all the same. Like regardless of the fact that we have ADHD in terms of our actual bodies and what it takes to lose weight, it really is just about energy balance. And I am not trying to oversimplify it and just say, well, it's just calories in, calories out, because there really are so many other factors involved, but it does come down to energy balance. Are you taking in more than you're outputting, which is leading to weight gain? Are you, you know, about equal, which is leaving you at maintenance? Or are you having some kind of a deficit between the the energy that you're consuming and the energy that you're outputting, which is helping you to make body composition changes. So just want to point that out that the physiology of this is the same across the board for all humans, with the exception of people that might have certain factors that affect that. Like, I think there's things called lipidemia, that type of stuff. You could follow Dr. Spencer Nadolsky if you want to, if you want to learn about some of the different factors that might actually affect that side of things. But as a whole, in general, energy balance is the, the main factor. However, the mechanism that you're going to use to make progress towards losing weight, that can really be individualized in how you want to approach it. Like some people like to track macros, some people like to count calories. A lot of people do not want to do that and should stay away from it for whatever reason. So I am not prescriptive in that matter. I don't think that there is one right way for every single person. I really believe that you have to tailor that to what is sustainable for you? What do you enjoy? What makes sense? Well, maybe I shouldn't say enjoy because nobody's going to (laughs) enjoy the process the whole time. But there's lots of different ways. Like I mentioned, tracking macros, uh, counting calories or whatever. But there's also some things like having a visual balanced plate, like the sort of precision nutrition method, which I love that I've been trained in is having, you know, hand portions, like look at the size of your palm for this or a cupped hand for this or you know, having the balanced visual plate as a way to get the right structures or even Jordan Syatt, he does that. I think he calls it three plates, two snacks or something like that as a way to do it, that it doesn't involve counting calories. Or there's really just like that 
what I perceive to be more of an end goal of intuitive eating or mindful eating, I don't think people with ADHD can naturally start off there because, I mean, I've, I think I've said this before, but to me, that's kind of just like saying everybody should know how to swim and then just like throwing a baby into the pool and being like, just swim. <laughs> no, you, you kind of have to like learn how to do it and teach them and you might be in the water with them at first and and then they might have their water wings and then, you know, anyways, I just think that's more of a progressive thing that you need to learn how to do to intuitive eat. And to me, that's kind of like the end goal. Nobody wants to be tracking and counting or do, doing any of these things for the rest of their life. I mean, you will have to be mindful forever. That's just part of life. But I love the concepts of intuitive eating. And I think that is a great end goal. It's not a method to lose weight. But all of this to say there is no one right way to do it. And I believe everybody has to individualize that to, to what makes sense for them. But everybody does benefit from implementing some nutrient basics, like getting enough protein, getting enough fiber, making sure that you're getting the micronutrients that you need, you know, the vitamins and minerals and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not going to go into all of that now, but suffice it to say, there are a few components that are kind of a, the same across the board that everybody needs. But the way you're going to get there, you know, can be individualized to what makes sense for you and what is a sustainable method for you. So when we're talking about people with ADHD, we do kind of need to approach it differently because you know what to do. Like You are not lacking in knowledge, but it is a matter of taking what you already know and the skills that you already have and actually translating it into the behaviors to be able to reach your goals. Like Dr. Russell Barkley says in his book, Taking Charge of Adult ADHD, he says, in effect, your intellect has been disconnected from your daily actions. So this is what we need to bridge the gap with when it comes to planning. We need to get all that info and knowledge out of your brain and into your daily actions so that you can actually work towards your goals. Because planning is great in theory for us, but it doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come easily. And you need to have strategies in place to be able to be objective and actually make it happen. Because really, when you think about it, there's so much that goes into feeding yourself for the week. You think there's the planning, which can be really overwhelming for people, that you need to go to the grocery store and shop, which can be overstimulating. You can get sensory overload. Like a lot of people really don't like grocery stores. I, th I feel like I'm like an odd one out because I actually really love grocery shopping, but a lot of people do not. So anyways, but you still have to do it. Or I guess you could order, order your grocery delivery. I don't know. That might not be something that works for everybody, but something to consider. But you also need multitasking in the kitchen, which is not something that we're naturally good at. You've got to worry about your family. If you have kids or a spouse or a partner or somebody to worry about factoring in their eating habits, you've got people's schedules, you've got cooking and cooking has transitions and multitasking and details and trying to stay focused while you're doing it. Then you've got cleaning up, you've got to keep things organized. Anyways, Dealing with the other side of food, too. We can't forget about that. We've got emotional eating. We've got stimulating ourselves. Like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like searching, for, <laughs> searching for stimulation, you know, how some people will do that with, you know, me, for instance, I always go for chips because I like the crunch. But if you're bored and you're eating anyways, I don't want to overwhelm you or make you feel like, oh, my God, there's so much to factor in and I can't ever achieve this. But there's just a lot of things to consider. and. It doesn't mean that it's not achievable. It just means that you have to be aware of all of these things, all of these different factors, and work them into a system and plan that works for you and is actually doable. 
So the first thing that I want you to do when you're thinking about planning for your week, when it comes to your food in particular, there's other things to consider, but let's talk about the food. Take the time to visualize what does a successful week look like for you? So picture yourself. It's the end of the week, however you want to say Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know. But even just for a few minutes, a second, few seconds, close your eyes and picture yourself at the end of the week having had a successful week that you feel good about. Because emotion is such a powerful motivator. And just think to yourself, what will I feel when I get this done? And what did you do or what did you not do in order to reach that goal? Because like we don't naturally grasp the effect in the future of things on a like a task by task basis. So that is not going to motivate you. And that's also why like a strict general diet plan is not going to work for you. Have somebody just hand something to you like a meal plan or something to say, go do this. Because we don't do well with things that we're supposed to do. It needs to be individual. It needs to be concrete. Anyways. So yeah, back to this visualization. (laughs) So if you can picture yourself at the end of the week and you feel great, you feel accomplished, you feel like you stuck to your plan, most of the time, not perfect. We're not aiming for perfect here. But what were the things that you did that got you to feel that way? Like picture yourself eating breakfast, eating lunch, eating dinner. What did you have? Where were you doing it? What were the components that went into it? If you can just picture yourself there, because It's also harder for us to see like the ripple effect or the multiple outcomes of like just little individual actions. So we don't have plans in place with future outcomes in mind. And so we're not just going to like accidentally like tie everything in for working towards our goals and like, oh, look at that. There's perfect (laughs) resources available for me to have like an amazing balanced breakfast, lunch and dinner. And I didn't overeat. Like that's just not going to happen. And so working backwards from like, this is where I want to be. This is how I want to feel at the end of the week. And this is what needs to go into it. So the best thing I have found for this is weekly planning. And it's sort of like a good balance, I find, for people with ADHD to have a loose plan for the week. So a weekly plan for your meals, but incorporating some flexibility because you have to find a way to be okay with changes happening and being able to adapt with them and also have a little bit of flexibility for yourself so that you're not like, I don't know about you, but I have a natural inclination to want to like rebel against a set of rules, even if they're rules that like I made for myself. So having a loose plan, like these are the things I'm going to eat for breakfast. These are the things I'm going to eat for lunch. And these are the dinners. I often will like plot out the dinners on the specific days just because that works when I look at my schedule. So, you know, like so-and-so like this kid has this activity or I have the meeting here or whatever. And then knowing like what's going to work for those dinners. I have a whole system of how this works. But like I said, I can like go into detail with that in like a workshop or something like that. But anyways, Have your weekly plan for your meals with some flexibility because our working memory, like your working memory is sort of like post-it notes in your brain, like, oh, got to do this, got to do that. This goes to this, this goes to that. And that ours doesn't work very well. So for example, if you know that like, we know that protein in the morning helps with your energy, it keeps you feeling satisfied throughout the day. And this is a really good thing point, it's shown to improve your concentration, which is super helpful for people with ADHD. So protein in your breakfast, amazing. But you're not going to remember that and be able to just like, like I said before, you're not magically going to have like all the ingredients and everything prepped for a protein rich breakfast at the appropriate time unless you've planned ahead. So 
if you know on Sunday, say that's your planning day like me, you plan ahead and say, oh, these are the things that I know have protein in them that I actually like to eat. This is what I have on hand. And I'm going to make sure I add to my grocery list to get, I don't know, eggs or Greek yogurt or whatever it is that you want to do to have protein in your breakfast. And then you have that available to you. And I think that there's such a key of being balanced in how you approach these things. I have a love-hate relationship with the word balance, but basically you want to simplify this wherever you can because you don't want to overcomplicate it. In her book, The Queen of Distraction, which talks about ADHD in women, Terry Matlin says that overcommitment equals over the cliff. And I always think about that because it's so true. Like, don't get so carried away and plan so hard and so detailed that you like get into the weeds and overwhelmed and you don't actually execute anything. Because we kind of have these like opposing extremes almost with ADHD. Like we thrive on structure, but also we hate structure. (laughs) And it can make us feel constrained. Like, don't tell me what to do. But also like, please help me. (laughs) I always think of that. So another thing is that we can like really hyper focus on certain foods and like love them and eat them every day for like three weeks. And then all of a sudden one day you're like, I hate this. I'm bored of it. I don't ever want to see it again. So think about those things and factor those in when you're planning too, because it's super awesome if you can simplify it and you just want to eat that one thing every morning. That's great. That makes it super easy for you. You can plan out and make sure you have that food ahead of time, but also be aware that you might get to that point where you're like, I don't want to eat this anymore. And that's okay. You could just accommodate for that. And then, you know, for next time, don't put that on the plan or maybe we'll find something else that's kind of able to be replaced with that. Another thing is, yeah, if it's if it's overcomplicated, we're just not going to execute on that. Like if you make things harder for yourself, like you could just kind of go over the cliff, like Terry Matlin says, like if you overcomplicate it, you're just not going to do anything. But then if things are so simple and not clear, then we won't do anything either. So it's about finding the balance between those two in a way that works for you. Yeah. And then planning, planning in a level of detail that's good for you. Like if you go into crazy detail and you plan out exactly what you're going to eat at exactly what time and all of this great detail, you could very well just rebel against the plans because it doesn't give you an opportunity to make choices in the moment that you want to have. Or sometimes you just want to be able to be impulsive sometimes. So having options available to you can be really helpful with that. And another key thing with this is that you need to externalize the info that's usually kept or like possibly lost (laughs) in your mind. So when you take this time to get it out of your head, get it onto the paper and have a plan for yourself, or I shouldn't say paper, I like to plan with paper, but some people like to do it digitally. That's okay too, whatever works for you. But translate that stuff out of your head and get it into the plan and keep the plan in sight. So you know, you know what you need to get at the grocery store, you know what your options are when you wake up in the morning and you want to have breakfast, or if you need to pull something out of the freezer for dinner. Because I know this is more Russell Barkley, I I obviously love his work. But he says we need frequent external reminders and cues because our internal cues are less effective. So post the plan up, Set reminders for yourself. You could have notes in your phone. You could have um, reminders that go off. Whatever works for you. Again, this is why we're getting creative and we're planning in a way that works for you and your brain and your life. So all of this information, I, I know this is a lot, but really once you do it a few times, it's just like learning something new. And I know we all hate it when we're not really good at something right away. 
But once you get a few repetitions under your belt, you're, you're going to find your rhythm. You're going to get your groove. You're going to get into the habits that work really well for you. And this is all for the purpose of really, I just want to validate your experience. I want you to recognize how your brain works. And I want you to just accept and be aware that this is how it goes for you. And this is why it does. Again, this is another example of why there is nothing wrong with you that just traditional weight loss programs or plans that have been handed to you do not work. You don't operate that way. You need to have input. You need to do things in a way that suits you. And so this is all a validation of your experience and organizing things and timing and all of that stuff from a regular weight loss plan. It just might not have worked for you in the past, but you can absolutely succeed at this. You just need to tailor it to how you operate both as somebody with ADHD and just as your individual self and how you like to live your life and the way that you operate on a day-to-day basis. I work with people like in one-on-one coaching, we work through these things and come up with these plans for people. You don't have to work with a coach to do this. Like I'm very happy to share all of this information with you and you can find ways to strategize for yourself to make this work. But just know that there's nothing wrong with you that just like all of the stuff, like the free stuff on the internet or the, you know, some like slap together coaching plan that you've received maybe in the past. There's nothing wrong with you that that didn't work. And again, I'm not saying that all coaches are bad. There are some amazing coaches out there with amazing systems and structures and and ways of working with people that might work for you. But I just think like the traditional counting points and those types of things or like follow this meal plan, it just is not suited for you. But yeah, and like I said, I'm going to be putting together some kind of mini course or workshop or training on this, on my weekly planning strategies and some tips and tricks that you might be able to use to work this out for yourself if you don't want to or can't or whatever, work with me one-on-one. And that's okay. You don't have to. You can totally do this. But I just want to make those things available to you. So I'm not sure when that's going to come out, hopefully. I would hopefully be able to put that together in the next few weeks. So yeah, that's sort of all all that I have for this week. Next week, I will be diving into the awareness component of things. So stay tuned for that because a lot of that factors into the planning part of it. But I really hope that you found some value in this. I know it sounds like a lot of it seems like it's all over the place, but really simplify, simplify, simplify. That is like the best thing that I can offer you is that you are completely capable of this. Work with your brain the way that it works, the way that you operate who you are, what is your current lifestyle, and fit all those pieces together, get them out of your brain and out and externalized and work with this. Picture yourself at the end of the week having succeeded and how amazing that's going to feel. And then take a few steps back and see what do I have to do to get to be successful me at the end of the week. And I know you could do it. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Losing Weight with ADHD podcast. If you are ready to make lasting change in your life, please head over to my Instagram at jenniferwatts.ca where you can connect with me and find all the tools and tips you need. From there, you can also access my free guide of the Calm Method for Weight Loss with ADHD or book a free call with me. I'd love to hear from you, so please reach out, especially if you have anything you would like to hear about on the show. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review so the show can continue to spread this message. Until next time.